0: Get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... suck tash clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, comedy soundcast, soundcaster, Tyson <laughs> Sander. 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 Sander.
1: Indeed, it is I, Tyson Sainer, your host and Soundcast sommelier for the evening, enticing your earbuds with a selection of fine Soundcast content and extending the invitation to taste just the tiniest amounts before making a decision on whether or not to listen to more of what these various creators have seen fit to upload and share with whomever makes the decision to listen to them. This episode, I've got clips from Bunny Ears, Pop Turnative, Dead Jesters Sketch Comedy Podcast. Stone Science, How Did This Get Made, and Judge John Hodgman. We've also got a double dose of Raging Moderate Will Durst's Burst of Durst segments, and another classic Henderson's Pants commercial. Of course, why wouldn't I put one in the show? I'd also like to point out that one of the ways you could be listening to us now is Spotify. Yes, we've added yet another place you can find us and potentially pass us along to someone else in need of a soundcast experience who may not know where to start. Uh, before we get started, there's a little bit of business I'd like to get out of the way really quickly. Hannibal Buress, whose soundcast, Hannibal Barres Handsome Rambler, I clipped for episode 167, was kind enough to reach out on Twitter to thank us for the plug and to let us know that Hannibal Barres Handsome Rambler, is not part of the Earwolf Network anymore. They are independent now, and you can find the show at hannibalbarrescom forward slash podcast. That's H-A-N-N-I-B-A-L-B-U-R. E-S-S dot C-O-M forward slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T forward slash. Thank you very much for the correct information. My apologies. All right, first up, here is a soundcast that was recommended to me by former host of the Evil Teddy Bear podcast, Corey Epps. I did an episode of the Evil Teddy Bear podcast a few years back, but I, I can't seem to find it online at this time. I'm happy to say that Corey Epps is launching a new podcast this year called The Corey Epps Show. And was very recently a guest on episode 49 of another soundcast I co-host with Hunter Block called Anti-Social Show. We've got news for you. He's likely to be on episode 50 as well. Anyway, our first soundcast tonight is called Bunny Ears. The hosts are Macaulay Culkin and Matt Cohen. The iTunes description reads, join Macaulay Culkin and his friend Matt Cohen for a weekly discussion of things and stuff and things featuring special guests, exclamation point. All right. Fair enough. This clip is from the first episode, posted on January 10th, 2018. Appropriately titled, The First Episode of This Podcast.
2: We kind of have very common sensibilities, as it were, and Mm -hmm. we are uh, friends IRL. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, about a week ago, jokingly brought up the fact that we should do a podcast, and you were like, yeah, we should do this." And I (laughs) didn't expect that. So here I am across the country from where I live, Mm -hmm. uh, in Mac's secret bunker.
3: Yeah, and, mo- and most of the things I do in my life in my adult life are uh, j- you know brought up jokingly. So, yeah, so I, I <laughs> took the in- I took the initiative. This this joke backfired on you, man. Yeah, you got a house guest on a oh, podcast. Yeah, oh, oh, gosh, now I got you on my couch and uh, you know, we're in uh, yeah, my hovel. <laughs> um
2: what is your podcast experience? You listen to a lot of podcasts,
3: right? Uh not even like a ton. Uh I I've kind of like sometimes I've gone down that hole and like you know, like just certain kind of a certain kind of podcasts. Uh I did a, a, it was really funny. I was uh, talking to my buddy Rory's. Yeah, uh, 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 my buddy Rory. You my, mean your brother? <laughs> uh, my brother Rory, but it was his buddy, uh, Joey and stuff like that. They were staying at my place. And they uh, said, oh, you know you know Harmar Superstars uh, uh, podcast? I was like, well, I don't know. Tell me about it. And they kind of went on about how much they love it and yada, yada, yada. Is this
2: before you had met Harmar? No, no. This is okay. – this is, this is Oh, like they it. were just – And
3: so uh, they, you know, they said, oh, they got some really good guests. And go, have you ever listened to the very first and the very last episode? And they go, no, I don't think so. Go, yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, you're on it you're, <laughs> you're on it yeah exactly like, uh, i was like but i let them kind of like give them a lot of like time to just go on and on about how much they love this podcast so you're not a podcast virgin uh, you lied yet. to me you told me you were pure <laughs> <laughs> it was just that one or two <laughs> times <laughs> with harmar superstar all right? um, <laughs> but yeah for the most part like yeah, like i've not, not really like done this kind of stuff before uh, let's,
2: let's think of what other uh what is bunny ears because people are going to be like what is bunny ears
3: so they uh, they're, they're what is bunny ears? What are, what are they're the things we're wearing on our head yeah
2: we are wearing Bunny ears, and that's all the explanation you probably need. Probably need. It, it cuts a gorgeous silhouette. Uh, <laughs> so, what is this podcast going to be, dude? Because, like, again, people—I think people might be surprised that y- you are doing a podcast because you are not notoriously uh, well. I'm, I'm,
3: I, yeah, I'm, public with with your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, live under a rock, I guess publicly. You know, well, it's so a very
2: nice rock, guys. If you should see it, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's
3: plagioclase w-
2: feldspar. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe is an igneous rock.
3: Right? <laughs> I don't want to brag or anything, but... <laughs> wow, look at you. Uh, that's like the one word I remember from school. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm more of an ornithologist.
2: There you so. go,
4: but,
3: um,
2: <laughs> no, yeah, well, so uh, what do you, what, what's this podcast been to me? What are we going to talk about? What What brought you into the... What was so important that you uh, decided to break your decades of silence? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Good, like wrestling and like, yeah. South Park and stuff, right? You know, yeah. maybe
3: it's the fact that it's something doing something different, maybe. It's the whole idea that maybe, like, yeah, like, just... It's not like I have something to get off my chest or anything like that. It's kind of like, yeah, that's... Let's do what we normally do, but uh, just, hold, just hold hold microphones. A, hold microphones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not even on stands. We're yeah, yeah. Them. I, mine, I'm, I'm calling mine Mjolnir, oh. old school. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I'm calling mine Louis C.K. Oh, too serious, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, not too soon. No, no, no. coming out.
2: To- topical. All right, topical. And also, he, <laughs> he asked me first, so apparently, it's okay. <laughs> <So> it's okay.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, it's well, the Charlie Sheen of microphones. Well, I
2: think it's this too. <laughs> we we are both definitely like children of a certain generation, and and speak. Speaking to that like in in the last uh few years there's been like a big thing online with with not nostalgia as much but like people talking about shit they're into and that's something we both kind of voraciously consume like whether it be wrestling commentaries or like video game
3: review videos and mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah, we 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 have the same sensibilities okay like, and like yeah we do all kinds of the same kind of like junk. Sure. And this seemed
2: like an opportunity to be able to do that, but just, with our voices, yeah, pretty much an excuse yeah. to
3: just okay, like, yeah, just to to do this and you know yeah, like and then just record it. And, like
2: we saw we saw Thor the other night, yeah, and we talked about it for like an hour afterwards. And then I realized, oh fuck, we just did a podcast about Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except we forgot the equipment, right? Exactly. So it's kind of just like why it not? was worth it. Are you got oh, if you guys only heard our Thor conversation, <laughs> you would have been riveted. Oh
3: god, you would have been so riveted. Oh gosh, it would have been. Oh gosh, my would've... Korg impression. <laughs>
2: yeah. is like, hey man, I'm Korg. Cool. This is Meek. We're about to get on this big spaceship. It's yeah, good. I'm Korg. <laughs> it takes me a minute to get in, and I've had a couple shots of whiskey, which I don't think Korg did when he recorded that film.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, no, you, yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's actually I work the, on it. You're,
2: you're, no, your
3: New Zealand is is there. It's, 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 it's there. It's,
2: it's got me in, man. For years, it used to be like Waita. It was that. It was the E sound.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because that's the it's the that eyes is and E's. The, yeah, that is mm-hmm. how it,
2: it's different from Australia. It's
3: always it's always vowels and things. Like, I I can't really do an Australian or Kiwi accent for the most part because it's you always fall back into British. Same thing with a South African. If you'd like to hear
1: more of Bunny Ears, you can go to bunny Ears at art19, which is art, the numerals one and nine, dot com forward slash shows forward slash bunny hyphen ears forward slash. You can go to bunnyears.com, which is B-U-N-N-Y-E-A-R-S dot com. It's also known as Macaulay Culkin's Gentle Internet Hug. You can reach out to Bunny Ears on Twitter at bunnyearspod.com. And you can reach out to hosts Macaulay Culkin and Matt Cohen at Incredible Culk and Camel Toad, respectively. That's I N C R E D I B L E C U L K and C A M E L T O A D. Apparently they post every Wednesday. Coming in at number two, Pop Turnative by Peter Romoliotis, aka at P D That's P-E-T-E-Y-B-E-A-T-S on Twitter. This show is described on iTunes Dustly. Popternative initially began as a podcast in September 2015. Hosted by Peter Romoliotis, guests from the sports, social media, and entertainment industry joined the host each week and engaged in a digital dialogue about various issues and topics. Popternative's main quest has always been and remains to provide our viewers listeners with behind-the-scenes digital discussions that they would otherwise have a hard time locating. This clip is from an interview with Mike Zapsik of Comic Book Men on AMC. Posted on May 3rd, 2017.
5: What was the first comic you fell in love with?
6: The first comic I ever fell in love with was uh, Avengers 151. It was uh, George Perez uh, recapping the team's history. And it brought back Wonder Man. And it was just, they, they chose a new team. And it, it was, you know, for, oh God, how old was I? I was like seven or eight. It was like everything you could want in a comic book and more. You know, you had guest stars, all the, everybody in the, uh, the Marvel universe, it seems was like there. So, you know, it was, it was really cool.
5: Absolutely. And, uh, just get a little bit of, uh, um, you know, history and, and context. Um, you, you work, um, at a comic book store that is owned by. Captain I work Kansas. at, yeah, I,
6: exactly. I work at Chainsaw and Bob's Secret Stash, uh, Arguably the world's most famous comic book store right now. Right. Um, you know, even people who don't know about comic books know about Kevin Smith. Kevin owns it. Uh, we got people coming in just to, you know, come in and take pictures of. We, we have a bunch of Kevin's props from his movies. We've got uh, the Buddy Christ from Dogma. We've got uh, the, the actual screen used movies. Uh, employee uniforms from Clerks 2. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. The Bloodmobile from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. There's a whole bunch of stuff, like, right in the store. We've got the the Walrus from Tusk.
5: Oh. Anything from Red State?
6: Uh, Red State. No, really. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, memorabilia from Red State, unless, (laughs) you know, AK-47, you know. that's, (laughs) That's mine, but, you know.
5: The ending of that movie—I'm not gonna like spoil it for it—but that ending always makes me chuckle. Just thinking about that ending of how that whole that yeah. whole thing happens—that was that was a good one. But yeah, um, before getting into the you know specific questions, I mean, so you work at the comic books, uh, you work at Santa Bob Secret Stash. When <clears throat> did that start, and then how did the show come to be?
6: Uh, let's see. I started working in. Uh, 2000, so coming up on my 17th year, and, uh, I started off as a part-timer, uh, you know, Walt Flanagan, Walt Flanagan, who's also one of the stars of AMC's Comic Book Men, and, uh, also been in, in, uh, most of, if not all of Kevin's movies, uh, he played like 10, you no, know, five separate characters in, in Clerks. Yeah. If you remember the, um, um, the Eggman, the, um, the guy who was looking for the perfect dozen of eggs. That was Walt Flanagan. Yes, okay. So, yeah. And he was also the guy who ran for A Pack of Smokes. Uh, he, he, he was all over that, that movie. And um, so he he ended up running Kevin's shop when Kevin bought it. So uh, he needed some help on, a, on Saturday. He wanted somebody there like two days a month. And somehow I parlayed it into a full-time gig. Well, that's great, and
5: then now the big success with the show on AMC. Congratulations!
6: Thank you so much. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty excited. You know, uh, hoping for seasons happen. Yeah, six seasons. eh? do you think you aco-
5: Do you even think you've accomplished like what you've wanted to accomplish in that? I just feel like the the possibilities of what can happen. On that show, are endless in terms of what you know, who comes into the shop, or like what certain, like I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it's almost like you know, you never want to end it. No, yeah, right.
6: It's, you want to meet everybody that you wanted to meet when you were a kid, you know. You know, we met Lindsay Wagner last last season. That was amazing. Uh, and Ming, Ming, my the other um, uh, another one of the stars of the show, Ming Chen uh, he and I have a podcast ourselves called I sell comics yes. that we do uh, out of the back of the store. And, um, we, we go to cons, we go to a lot of uh, comic book conventions, you know, we're on the opposite side of the, um, the table now, you know, people want to meet and greet and whatever. And, you know, we, we get to like rub elbows with people like Katrina law and Nathan fillion. And, you know, all these guys, it's like, Oh my God, we're like, geek royalty. It's, You know, meeting them and and rubbing elbows like us, these, like, not even celebrities, just like a couple of uh, complete and total tools who, you know, just stumbled our way into, you know, the the green room somehow.
1: And if you'd like to hear more Popternative, they are on Podbean, Stitcher, Player.fm, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Hey, we're on that, too. And you can reach them at their website popternative.com, P-O-P-T-E-R-N-A-T-I-V dot C-O-M, and at popternative.libsyn.com. Same spelling of popternative, Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. All right, it is time for our first Burst-O-Durst for this episode. This one is from April 12th of 2018. It's entitled Stormy Warning, in which our intrepid correspondent acts out one of his boyhood dreams of working as a weatherman.
7: Hey, guys. We'll durst here with a few choice words about the storm clouds gathering around Team Trump. The tempest is dark and swirly, like one of those nor'easters that has ravaged New England the last couple of months. A pattern of individual flurries have begun to take on bulk and velocity, and threaten to enter blizzard territory. And since the only permanent member of Team Trump is the Donald himself, the squall is headed straight down Pennsylvania Avenue with the White House in its crosshairs. Former FBI Director James Comey's new book calls the occupant of the Oval Office not just a liar, but an orange, unethical, dangerous mob boss liar with tiny hands. The raid on the offices of Trump's longtime personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, which seized records and perhaps recordings, has staffers quivering like a shaved poodle dead to the foul pole of Wrigley Field during a night game in April. Bimbo eruptions are multiplying like thunderheads on the horizon, including one coincidentally named Stormy, raising questions about whether paying to kill a story might constitute illegal campaign contributions. And although his sentence was commuted by George W. Bush, Scooter Libby was never pardoned for his convictions of perjury, obstruction of justice, and lying to the FBI. So it seems that President Trump plans to change that situation, signaling to his buddies that he doesn't think those crimes are very important. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan seems to be not just ditching the ship, but also the pier and the entire harbor itself. And, and, don't forget, Mueller is coming. Mueller is coming. And it can't be very comforting that Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller looks a lot like the Night King from Game of Thrones. Donald Trump should be seeking a dragon right about now. For Succotage, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst.
1: Coming in at number three, Dead
7: Jester's Sketch Comedy Podcast
1: by Dead Jester's Sketch Comedy Podcast. There's quite a lengthy description of this podcast on iTunes. It also has a lot of their information for how to reach them, which I will be giving you at the terminus of this clip. But the show description is as follows. Dead Jester's Sketch Comedy Podcast is a collection of hilarious and original skits brought to you by NYC stand-up comedians Joe Powell and Rico Newton-Block. I'm reading this verbatim. Each episode is filled with absurd characters, outrageous storylines, and hysterical parodies. This podcast has five-star ratings across the board. We don't even know what four-star looks like. Tune in to the Jester's and you're guaranteed to be laughing throughout. Enjoy! Yes, so it is a sketch comedy soundcast whose episodes are under usually a half hour long, so they're nice and bite-sized. There's five so far. They post fairly sporadically, but this one is very recent. This clip is from episode five of Beavers and Bransons from April 18th, 2018.
8: From the guys who brought you S-Town in Serial, This American Life presents an exclusive sneak peek at our newest investigative series,
9: Beaver Ridge. (music) When a beaver builds a dam, a dam built of 300 or 400 branches, the landscape around the dam is transformed. Beavers vary the type of dam they build according to the speed of the water. In slow-moving water, they build a straight dam. In fast-moving water, they build curved ones. These beavers and their dams transform rivers and streams into stunning ponds and lakes, thousands of which dot the United States. Anyway... I only learned about all this because a few months ago, a southern New Hampshire man named Earl O'Connor reached out to me, and he asked me to help him solve a murder.
8: I am telling you, they are killing beavers out here. Every single day, there's a new dead beaver caucus, and they are murdering these beavers, and nobody is doing a damn thing about it.
10: From
9: the people who brought you cereal, This American Life presents Beaver Ridge, Chapter One, Sticks and Stones. Hi. I'm Thomas Jenkins, an investigative journalist for This American Life. The first time Earl and I spoke over the phone, he had a lot to tell me about his town.
8: Beaver Ridge used to be a great place to live. Everybody, everybody enjoyed living here. And the best part about Beaver Ridge was all the beavers. They used to run wild, make ponds and lakes, give us ice hockey rinks in the winter.
9: The town of Beaver Ridge, New Hampshire, has always been known for two things, apple orchards and beavers. But the beaver population has drastically declined over the course of the past year. Earl told me his theory as to why this is happening.
8: I know exactly why this is happening. It's because the new town council wants to build a hydroelectric water plant at the end of the river. But to do it, they need they need to get rid of all the lakes and ponds that the beavers bestowed on us. That they gave to us. One of those ponds is my ice hockey ranking the winner. And they offered to buy it, but of course everybody said, no, yeah, you fucking idiot, let me give you an ice hockey rink, you moron. So everyone said no. And they assembled a Nazi SS extermination squad to cleanse this area of beavers. This is a genocide. This is a Rwanda of beavers.
9: Sure, Earl's a bit abrasive, but I still found him charming, charismatic in a way. I looked into his story and decided it was worth investigating, but... Before I went to New Hampshire, I called local Beaver Ridge Police Chief Pete McMullen to see if he could confirm Earl's beaver theory. When we spoke, I learned a lot about Earl O'Connor. Earl O'Connor's been a thorn in my ass for years. Every winter, he runs an illegal pond hockey camp on his property, and every year we have to shut him down because he has no insurance. Not to mention the acre or so of marijuana he keeps growing back there. And now he's running around town, freaking people out with conspiracy theories about electro plants and dead beavers. We investigated: There's no dead beavers, and there was never no plans for a damn electro plant. The accusations made me question everything I'd come to know about Earl, but there was still one thing that didn't add up. Chief McMullen said there was never plans for a hydroelectric plant, but I had found its blueprints in the city archives. Earl was right. Something was going on. So I went to New Hampshire to get to the bottom of it. On my way to Earl's house, I stopped at a local Dunkin Donuts.
8: Welcome to Dunkin's, what can I get ya?
9: I'll have a medium black iced coffee, please. What's the name for the order? My name is Thomas Jenkins. I'm an investigative journalist with This American Life.
8: You're an investigator? What are you, with one of those fake news outlets like CNN? You and your little faggy camera, get out of here, you knock. You're not welcome at Dunkin's, you're not welcome in Beaver Ridge. You fake news piece of shit.
9: After being thrown out of Dunkin' Donuts, I went to meet Earl at his house. When I got there, Earl took me for a walk through his property so I could see the carnage firsthand.
8: Look over here, you got one dead beaver there, you got two dead beavers there, and there's gotta be at least a half dozen dead beavers over there in that pile.
9: What I saw shocked me. Why haven't you gone to the town council on this?
8: I can't go to the town council. I got the town already so far up my ass, I could feel the tax collector's nose pressing against my prostate.
1: If you like what you heard, you can go to Stitcher, Player FM, SoundCloud, or you can go to www.deadjesters.com to listen to the rest of their episodes. I listened to them on PodBay. You might be able to find them on Laughable, but I'm not sure. I didn't look this time. Huh. It's www.deadjesters.com. You can reach out to Joe Powell on Instagram at J-O-E-P-O-W-E-L-L-8-9 and Twitter at josefgpowell You can reach Ryko Newton-Block at Instagram, R-Y-C-O-R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G, on Twitter at R-Y-C-O-N-B-L-O-C-K, and on the web at R-Y-C-O-N-B dot com. You can follow Andrew Pellegrino on Instagram at A-J-P-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-N-O. That looks like a a capital O or a zero. Can't actually tell. Try both, because his Twitter is the same. A-J-P-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-N-O. Capital O or zero. Follow Ninehorn Band at N I N E H O R N P A N D. And you can follow
0: Alexander and the Grapes at T H E G R A P E S. This portion of Suckatash is brought to you by Henderson's, innovation in pantaloons and trousers since 1896. Almost 80 years ago, when Grandpa Al Henderson was struggling to raise a family during the Great Depression, he did what any unemployed family man would do, he shoplifted food. But he did it the right way and never got caught, because he used his patented Henderson's kleptomatic trousers, made with pride in the USA with not four, not five, but eleven expandable pockets that drape and shape naturally. ...while stylishly concealing fresh fruits and vegetables, eggs, even live poultry... ...and feed a family of five while never once alerting market vendors or law enforcement officials. Well, as they say, everything old is new again. And now, Henderson's is proud to offer Kleptomatic Plus, microchip equipped to neutralize barcode scanners... ...exit alarms and other loss control detectors so you can walk through any door with confidence... That's Henderson's Kleptomatic and Kleptomatic Plus trousers, helping you provide with confidence in every stride. And now, back to more of suck right, coming in at four, Stone Science. It's by
1: comedians Kimberly Congdon and Sarah Wineshank. So, the description on iTunes is, Comedians Kimberly Congdon and Sarah Wineshank sit down to explore the depths of science over cannabis selections. Laugh with them as they explore subjects ranging from sex to artificial intelligence. In between joint hits, subscribe, rate, and review. This clip is from their episode posted February eighteenth, twenty eighteen, called "Lucid Dreaming."
11: I remember I had this really scary dream one time, and you know what I think? It, what I think that it came from like one of the scariest movies I saw when I was like probably too young to watch scary movies was The Sixth Sense. Oh, damn! And do you remember like I how bright and the people? Did you watch it? Yeah. It was scary as fuck, right, shit. when it came out?
12: Haley Joel Osment, yeah.
11: Yeah. He killed that shit. And then but he did you know- pay it
12: forward, and everyone was like, eh, Six Sense was better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what is this?
11: <laughs> oh, rebrand. Uh, uh. <laughs> rebrand. Um. But I remember that first scene in the movie where uh, he was sitting in the car with his mom and he looked out the window and it was just that girl with the helmet on bleeding. It was like the ghost of her, the girl that gotten hit. Like, they were stuck in traffic because there was an accident. And it was like her ghost, the girl who had just gotten killed. She was like some bicyclist in the city. I don't
12: remember the details of the Sixth Sense. Oh,
11: it was creepy. And I had a dream one time that I was passing a car accident and there was just, like, an old, scary, like, demon, like, lady in black. She, her teeth were, like, all triangles. She had, like, these black eyes. And she was just sitting in a chair. And all these uh, people were, like, working on this car. Like, paramedics and stuff were trying to pull people out of this crumbled-up car. And she was just sitting there. And then um, when I was driving by, I was, like, in the backseat of the car, and I was, like, looking at her, like, what the fuck is that? She was, like, in all black, like, a black silk shit. She had long black hair. She was, like, creepy as fuck. And then when we drove by, I was looking at her, and she smiled, and all her teeth were, like, sharp. And then I woke up, and I'd never forgotten that. That was, like, when I was, like, probably, like, eight or nine, and her face is still so, like, I still remember her face so perfectly. If I could draw, I would draw it for you.
12: That's weird and crazy. And put it
11: on your ceiling at night so you could experience it, too.
12: That's fucking crazy. No, I don't want that on my ceiling at night so I can experience it, too, you sick fuck. Um, okay. What about, okay, there's, like, uh, this controversy. I don't know what the full deal is on it, but there is this, um, there's this black little girl who had sleep apnea, and she went in for a sleep apnea surgery, And she ended up in a coma. And she shouldn't have... There's a what? There was this little black girl that went in for a sleep apnea surgery in 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, it... Like, I think that somehow the doctors fucked up. And Mm -hmm. basically, like, she ended up in a coma, right? Her name is... um, Jahay McMath.
11: You look it up. What's her name again?
12: J-A-H-I, McMath. Jahai McMath.
11: J-A-H-I, McMath? Yes. No. Yes. Okay.
12: And there's all... McMath? Yeah, McMath. Like, make Like, make, like,
11: like if McDonald's served school subjects?
12: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude.
11: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mick Algebra.
12: You get it. Okay. But so, basically, like... There's all this controversy. I don't know the latest on it, and I only read half the article, if I'm being fully honest, but this is the deal. So she ended up in a coma, and then um, her family felt like she didn't get the care that a white patient would have gotten because this was such a simple surgery and all the... They were, like, calling for doctor support, and nobody came, and all this stuff happened. And then um, her family... Because they were like...
11: They're like, we have McMath on, uh, we have a red, code red McMath on floor seven, and people thought it was fucking snack time. <laughs>
12: dude. <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. They're like. They're um, like, I have
11: no time to eat. I'm a doctor. <laughs> they like, floor eight.
12: <laughs> That's so funny, dude. So fucked up. Okay. So, so, okay. So there's all this controversy because her brain, can you look it up?
11: Oh, Gladly. <laughs> Jai Hai McMahon.
12: No, because she was alive on um, life support for, like, a really long time. And there was all this controversy because her brain um, had, it wasn't black. And normally when they do a skin on someone who's dead, the brain looks black. But hers looked white, her brain. So her family wanted to keep her alive. And it was like this, they, like, fought to keep her alive, but she was the doctors were like she's dead
1: if you like what you heard you can reach out to them on twitter at Stone to science tv s-t-o-n-e-d-s-c-i-e-n-c-e-t-v you can reach out to kimberly condon at k-i-m-b-e-r-l-y c-o-n-g-d-o-n and you can reach sarah shank on twitter at p-r-i-n-c-e-s-s-s-h-e-n-k that is three s's in a row it's princess shank there's a video version of this podcast available to their Patreon subscribers, and you can go to their Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Stone Science TV. And again, that's S-T-O-N-E-D-S-C-I-E-N-C-E-T-V. TV. So if you Google Stone Science, you'll also find links to the show on iTunes, Libsyn, and their Facebook page, on Stitcher, and I listen to them on the Laughable app. All right, coming into the number five position, it's a podcast I... Is, is easily in my top ten podcasts that I listen to personally, on a regular basis, whenever I can. It's How Did This Get Made, from Earwolf, uh, briefly on Wolf Pop, and back to Earwolf. Its hosts are Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzoukas. So the iTunes description is, have you ever seen a movie so bad that it's amazing? Paul Shear, June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzoukas want to hear about it. We'll watch it with our funniest friends and report back to you with the results. Yeah, that's pretty much it. If you like good movies, if you like bad movies, if you like movies that are so bad they're good, and movies that are just uh, crazy and not for everybody, but also really good in their own way, worth watching. And yeah, this is pretty much the kind of movie you'll hear talked about and joked about and picked apart on this soundcast. So I've been a listener since uh, the first episode dropped, around, I believe, 2010. This clip is from episode one seventy one, released September fifteenth, twenty seventeen, in which actors Chris Geere of You're the Worst joins Paul, June, and Jason to discuss the nineteen eighty seven martial arts film Miami Connection. It was recorded live from Largo at the Coronet in Los Angeles.
13: I'm just going to dive straight into yeah, please. Jim's story, yes. of looking for his father. Amazing, an Oscar-winning yeah. performance by Jim. A staggering monologue that I found to be hypnotic. I watched it I watched it many times I found a clip of it on YouTube just so I could fi- watch it only a bunch um, Well, I it's mean It's phenomenal Jason, you want to take a crack at it? And then uh, we can see how you stack up. Let's see how we... Let's, let, yeah, I feel like we all have it. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's give I can it a... share you with... I let's give it a whirl. You. Oh, boy. Okay. Jim, do you have go. yours there? I've got there? it, I've got it. All right, hold on. <laughs> on. So, so, okay, so wait a second. We, YK Kim says, wait, I thought we were all orphans, right? Yes. And then Jim goes, that's my father. He walks out of the scene, yeah. Can we get a spotlight? <laughs> We should be the other three. And bearing in mind that the three in the the background is the fine line between trying to cry and trying not to laugh. That's what they do. My mother was Korean and my father was black American. She gave me this picture when she was real sick. I was only nine years old. They say that they loved each other and were real loyal happy. (laughs) But then when he finished military duty, he left. (laughs) And we never saw him again. She told me to find him, but I didn't like him because he left
0: us.
13: (laughs) But I knew one day when I grew up I'd find him whether he was dead or alive. I sent a couple letters to the defense department. And nothing happened. <laughs> and the scene. And scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, that was, that was a one wasn't it? It was a one-take. It was. And, I, you know, I would like I, I would Jim. like you guys to know that throughout the evening, each of us is going to take a shot at that monologue. <laughs> and just so that everybody, we get a sense of how everybody... Uh, That's everybody my father. Huh? Let's do this. Ah! Let's do this, J.D.R.
14: My mother was Korean.
13: And my father was black
8: American. She gave me this picture when she was real sick. I was only nine years old. They said that they loved each other and they were real loyal. And real happy. But then when he finished military duty, he left we never saw him again she told me to find him but I didn't like it because he left us <laughs>
13: follow that. I mean, that's good.
14: He does really deliver it,
13: though. Oh, Chris! he he steps forward into a spotlight in in a movie. Well, by the way, I'm going to say this. I don't, I think he just found his light. There are scenes in this movie where people are reading books in the complete dark. I I feel like lighting in this movie was a mystery. Like, like the man who shot fire out of his hands and then never returned in the credits. In In the credits of the movie, He shoots fire from his hands. We never see that again. (laughs) Um, Okay, I thought for sure. Yeah, well, at the end, they'll shoot fire. Uh, We'll just take a taste of how Jim does it.
0: But this looks like your brother. I
4: didn't know you had a brother. It's my father. What? This is your father? Yes, it is. Are you sure? I didn't know you had a father. I thought we are all orphans.
10: not wearing shirts.
4: My mother was Korean. And my father was black American. She gave me this picture and she was real sick. I was only nine years old. They say that they loved each other and they were real loyal. again she told me to find him but I didn't like him because he left us but I knew one day when I grew up I'd find him whether he was dead or alive I sent a couple letters to the the department nothing happened
1: Thing. Wow. And the show archive is housed on Stitcher Premium, and you can also listen to some episodes on Podbay, SoundCloud, and Art19. You can tweet the show at HDTGM for How Did This Get Made. You can tweet Paul Shear at P A U L S C H E E R, June Diane Rayfield at Miss June Diane, that's M S J U N E D I A N E, and Jason Mantzoukas is not on Twitter. He says he isn't at any rate. Um, I'll be honest, I've fallen behind in my listening a little bit. He may have joined Twitter in the interim. Now it's time for our second burst of Durst for the episode. This one's from April 19th of 2018. It's called Trump Zombies, in which our intrepid correspondent goes all walking dead on you.
7: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about Donald Trump and his zombie followers. Trump. Trump. If Ronald Reagan was Teflon, the 45th president is a space-edge polymer dipped in polyurethane and covered in weasel grease. They don't care. He's their leader. Doesn't matter what argument you try to use. Logic, reason, legality, math, science, history, physics, ethics, decency, gravity. He's their guy. They knew he was a philandering, lying, greedy cheater who stiffed contractors and sued everybody else when they voted for him. He was a New York City real estate developer, for crumb's sake. They are to the choir boys with glass shards are to lace. The best example is while the Russia investigation about collusion is being hammered out in the background, the president gets hit with multiple accusations of using money to silence women who claim to have had affairs with him, and nobody cares. Trump. Trump. The focus is all on the lawyer who arranged the payoffs. Misdirection managed. Obstruction of justice? Who cares? They all do it. Did he kill anybody? Not, did he have anybody killed? Did he personally kill anybody with his bare hands? And even if he did, so what? They all do it. Trump could push an old lady in a wheelchair down three flights of stairs, and his supporters would argue till they were blue in the face that he was giving her a series of chiropractic adjustments. If he wants to fire Robert Mueller, or keep firing assistant FBI directors until he finds one that will fire Robert Mueller, they'll still support him. And even though other Republicans say, oh, that would create a constitutional crisis, it doesn't matter, because they'll support him too, as long as his zombies do. At this point, not even a stake through the heart would work. Of course, that presupposes the existence of a heart. Trump. Trump. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm Will Durst.
1: If you'd like to reach out to Raging Moderate Will Durst, you can reach him at Twitter at W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T. You can reach him on Facebook. He has a Will Durst fan page. And his email is D-U-R-S-T dot W-I-L-L at Yahoo dot com. And finally tonight, Judge John Hodgman by John Hodgman and Maximum Fun. In the iTunes description, it reads, John Hodgman's Today in the Past podcast is now the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Have your pressing issues decided by famous minor television personality John Hodgman, certified judge. If you'd like John Hodgman to solve your pressing issue, simply email it along with your phone number to hodgman at MaximumFun.org. That is all. That was all in caps. And that is H-O-D-G-M-A-N at M-A-X-I-M-U-M-F-U-N dot O-R-G. Jesse Thorne is the bailiff, and this episode is uh, number three fifty nine. It's called "Beyond a Reasonable Bout." It's released April
15: eleventh, twenty eighteen. I first got involved with boxing about eight to ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just like once a week training with a guy that said, "Hey, I wanted, you know, I, I, I like teaching boxing. This is something that I do." He he worked at like a. A boys trouble boys school teaching them and he I wasn't a troubled boy but uh, he'd have me and a no, friend. You were one. hanging around a lot. <laughs> yeah, someone someone we knew from other other places and and he would bring my friend and I in to to train and so I just on a very light level been doing it um, and then it would have been uh, last year I I started working at my current position and we found ourselves. In a financial position to where I could start going to like a legit boxing gym um and so I signed up and and after a month or so of of training there the they approached me to see if I would like to participate in their next fight night. They do one every few months or so um and that was always something I wanted to do was was get in a ring and see see how I would do uh just just to see what would happen. Uh, And so, yeah, and I, won. I started training and I won. Yeah, it was great.
10: All right. Now, you did a very good job following the dictum of specificity being the soul of narrative in that you gave me a very clear and very specific timeline of how this happened. But as I talk to Marie now a little bit, I want you to take a little moment and try to reach some emotional specificity. In other words, I don't need to know the chronology so much as if I were to put you in the middle of the ring and say, tell me how you're feeling or I'll punch you, which is a weird form of therapy. <laughs> um, and I and I apologize now for threatening you. I, I feel terrible. I feel like a terrible bully. But, <laughs> uh, you know, when you say it's something I always wanted to do, I want you to challenge yourself to give me a little bit more about why it was something you always wanted to do and what you felt when you did it and how it felt when you uh, did not, uh, uh, what's the opposite of... Uh, Of losing. Oh, when you won. I don't know. (laughs) When you won your boxing fight. So, Marie, when Brandon came to you and said, I've been training to box, did this come as a surprise to you? He wasn't keeping this a secret, right?
14: Well, he wasn't exactly forthcoming on everything. Oh. He told me that he wanted to join the gym that he was at, which just that gym focuses on like circuit training and learning more about boxing like uh, combinations and things like that and so when he joined the gym he just told me that he just wanted to do it as a form of exercise and uh, you know a way to relieve stress in his life uh-huh. and then um, a couple months afterwards he told me that they do these sparring nights
10: but did you know that he was training to box at the gym when he told you that the, that there was this sparring night happening
14: um, I figured probably that's the direction it was going to go. I wasn't, um, I was kind of surprised that it was going to be just a few months later, though. I was thinking maybe he would train a lot more. <laughs>
10: uh huh. So you knew that he was doing some boxing training, though. It's not like he was telling you, yeah, I'm over there on the elliptical all day long. And then I decided uh, right, I'll use this right. now to punch a person. Yeah, so... <laughs> correct. I knew. Okay, cool. And you said that you, you had a feeling that this was going on. Did it come as a surprise to you to learn that Brandon was um was interested in boxing?
14: No, like he's always had, like he said, this weird dream bucket list item to fulfill that he wanted to be in like a real sanctioned fight. And we had always talked about it, that it would just be a one-time thing if that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the one fight, you check it off your bucket list, your weird, you know, dream is fulfilled
10: whatever you do, don't condescend to his dreams.
14: <laughs> it's, it's a weird one, though.
10: Well, I mean, I think that it is not. Look, I mean, I would never go through the rigor and exhaustion of actually training to go in the ring because I'm lazy and it's hard. But I, I did enjoy spending one afternoon at the gym getting some basic film boxing training from an actual boxing trainer. And I did enjoy pretending to fight. It's exhilarating on a very (laughs) visceral level. It's a weird dream, perhaps, because you are fantasizing about hurting and getting hurt, um, but not weird in in that it is uncommon. It's not uncommon. And even weird in an interesting way rather than in an uninteresting way. So, Brandon, I am going to strike all mention of weird from the record. (laughs) And I'll ask you, madam, not to... Uh, weirdify your husband's dreams while you're in my courtroom.
14: (laughs) Sounds good.
10: If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear
1: more, you can listen to more episodes of Judge John Hodgman on Stitcher, iTunes, and Podbay. Now, as I was writing the details down of this show, as I do for every episode of Suckatash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, I couldn't help but notice that for some reason, John Hodgman has blocked our Twitter account over at Suckatash Show. That's at S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H, capital S-H-O-W. And I have to say, I have absolutely no idea why. I can only imagine that it was accidental. At any rate, if you'd like to contact John Hodgman on Twitter, you can at H-O-D-G-M-A-N and Jesse Thorne at J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. And of course, you can visit the show's website at www.maximumfun.org. That's M-A-X-I-M-U-M-F-U-N dot O-R-G. with that, I've exhausted my current supply of Soundcast clips from all around the internet. Mostly I use Podband Laughable to listen, but I'd be very curious to know where you listen to us, and where you listen to us. I usually listen to Soundcast when I'm doing manual labor of some sort. If my life included a long, near-daily commute, then that's where I would probably listen. Most of you listening by now should know that you don't have to stay in one place or be inactive while enjoying this or your favorite Soundcast. And if you didn't know, then you do now. I've got my first Succotash Chats coming up for the next episode, and I've got to start editing that now. Of course, that's my now. I could be done with that part of the deal by the time you hear this. It could already be posted. Well, you understand how time works, don't you? It, It keeps moving forward for all of us until it doesn't. So if you've enjoyed yourself here, remember, you can now find us on Spotify for another place to enjoy us. If you'd like to help the show offset server costs, you can go to succotash.libson.com and click through the Amazon banner at the head of the page under our logo. Shop as you normally would, and a percentage of the money you spend goes to help us. And every little bit helps. So if you do enjoy this free entertainment and wish to hear it for years to come, I would gently remind you again to please pass the succotash.
0: You've been listening to Suckatash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Sainer, brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Dunder, on Blitzen, on iHot Radio, and on... <laughs> a Laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook, Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuckatashShow.com or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number 818-921-7212 The number again is 818-921-7212 You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at italecom slash U slash Suckatash Production of Suckatash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Sainer. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.